I love a good anthology, especially when it's done by one of the anime greats. But we're going to talk all about it as we review memories from Katsuhiro Otomo this week on Shonen and Sons. <sighs> we're like a week away, brother. How are you? Chris, I'm ready, man. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Dude, I'm I'm just excited to be in Orlando soon. Soon, Chris. <laughs> That's right. One week free. Coming soon to a Chili's near you. Exactly. Really is, Chris. I I swear I've had more DoorDashes at Chili's this week. It's like they're they know I'm on my way. Like they know it. They oh, know I'm man. on my way. Um, but soon we'll Ooh. be in Orlando. We'll be at a Chili's. You'll be stopping by the Stop. Jacksonville Chili's. You know any Shonen and Sus right. fans that are uh, big two for one fans? You know, come on through. <laughs> <laughs> Come on through and enjoy some not original chicken crispers and uh, just all the booze you can booze up. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a blast. But no. And, and speaking of blast, Chris, we actually have some good anime again. Uh, we're we're back. Oh, on, thank God. We're back on the good track. You know, we got through those shitty live action Attack on Titan films, and now we get to talk about uh, memories. Yeah, which is fun. Uh, you know, Cody. Every time I. Every time I recommend one of the, and this one's from the mid '90s, so I mean, you were, I mean, in '95, you were how old? Two. Two. You were two. So that's right. So you, uh, like this, you, you missed this one. Like this is one you've probably never seen. You may have, you may have like seen the movie poster. You may have heard of it, uh, just because you know Katsuhiro Otomo's name is attached to it. And like I said, he's one of just the the all time goats when it comes to anime. Um, but I love it. Every time I share one of these older animes and like people like it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, I feel like, what am I trying? What am I trying to say here? Like not without sounding like a total fucking boomer. I just feel like younger people get so caught up in the most modern, like right now anime that there are just so many jewels that will be lost to just, to just time. Um, the one, so I, I am for 100, no, ahead, I'm sorry. 100%, which I mean, I've said it, you know, time and time again, it's good that we have this age difference here because yeah. I can, I can recommend the new stuff. Not that you don't know about the mm -hmm. new stuff, but you can recommend the, the old gyms. Um, exactly. This, this and I, I, just, I just implore, no, absolutely. And I implore everybody who's like a younger anime fan, whether you're listening, you know, whether you listen to us or I hope you're listening to us so I can tell you what I'm going to tell you. Uh, whether you like our opinions or not, I highly recommend just go down, go down that rabbit hole and go explore some of the anime from like the mid nineties and take it all the way back to like the seventies to like battle of the planets and gotcha man. And, you know, and shit like that, which I mean, I guess that's effectively the same thing. Like, was it, um, captain Harlock shit like that? Like go like dig through some of that um, OG mobile suit Gundam, which is probably the only, like old anime that most younger people watch maybe um, because that shit still holds up very well. But yeah, man, I just, I, I it, it makes me happy when I can recommend one of these older ones and like it's, it holds up. That's the big thing. That's really the big thing for me. Cause I worry that just because the world has changed so much that some of these older animes just are not going to hold up, but so far so good. Yeah. And I think even looking at, let me pull up the rankings real quick. I think even mm -hmm. looking at some of the rankings, I think most of the ones that you've recommended, mm -hmm. maybe with, maybe like with an exception to Demon City Shinjuku, which is still a fine watch. Mm -hmm. Not like there's, no, it's not like it's a it's a bad movie by any means. Um, mm -hmm. But that's probably like the weakest of the bunch, and that's still like a yeah. No, movie. I agree. Um, even like like Lily Cat, like I enjoyed Lily Cat, uh, Vampire Hunter D. I thought I was gonna enjoy more, but. Still, mm -hmm. still a classic. Um, yeah, I mean they're all just super solid films that you should definitely like watch. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. But and speaking of solid, Cody, of course we are back with another episode of Shonen and Suds. I am Chris Adams, and I am Cody Snodgrass. And again, we are here with Katsuhiro Otomo's Memories. So, you know, spoilers ahead if you haven't watched it. I certainly hope you have. Again, we're, I mean, and, you know, I always like to say it's like, oh, it's a 30 fucking year old anime. Well, I'm finding more and more, Cody, and after saying what I just said, 
I, I should I should cut people some slack, especially any younger viewers that might not know this shit exists. So to, to, so for me to say, oh, it's thirty years old. You should have watched it by now, fucker. You know, maybe that's not always the case. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest, Chris, I had never heard of this until you mentioned it. And mm-hmm. Now I've watched it <laughs> damn near three times already <laughs> since last week. So, um, oh, it's great. Yeah. It's it's so great, and I love I love anime like short films like i love collections like this one while it's only three there's still three really solid movies now you know like we mentioned before you know not to go too into detail they do when i they do take a step down with each one like the first one is phenomenal and i want more of it and the third one was like oh that was fun but i could probably go without seeing that again um, but then like, there's another movie I really enjoy called robot carnival, which is effectively the same thing. It's a bunch of different shorts, you know, in the, in this film anthology, I guess, I guess anthology is the right word for it. Um, and they're all like just a mixed bag of like bangers and artsy, but there's a lot more of them. I want to say there's like six or seven in robot carnival, but I love shit like this. I'm a big fan of flash fiction in general. Um, give me a short story, drop me in a world, drop me in, pull me out before I get the whole story. Um, or just tell me this self-contained story and let me speculate on the rest. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, definitely. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, I I would recommend that you, you rewatch Magnetic Rose, the first, the first episode. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that the second watch through really like brings to light, and we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is your this is your your check for spoilers. After this, it, we're we're spoiling the whole thing. So, uh, oh, goddamn right, you've been warned, and uh, yeah, you have was, been warned. Magnetic Road, man, what a movie! <laughs> I, what what a this, fucking this movie. could have been a two hour on its own, and I would have been fine with it. Um, Dude, I, I want it. I, I want. I've, I even. Still to this day, I want that to be a uh, a full length movie just on its own, and I don't know why it isn't. Because because also too, Cody, like the voice acting is solid, the animation still looks really good for something from nineteen ninety five, and like I don't know, just the, it's awesome from top to bottom. It's awesome. Now, now speaking of the voice acting, actually, Chris, I saw mm-hmm. that this is actually like a newer English dub, or interesting, or maybe I'm not. I didn't do too much crazy research on it, but uh-huh. apparently it got like redubbed, like in really twenty one. I want to say. Oh, I didn't know that. Let me see. Okay, this says originally released on home video in North America. Blah blah blah. Acquired the rights in twenty twenty. The twenty twenty one Blu Ray release includes English subtitles and a new English dub. So I don't know if there was an old English dub or if it was just uh-huh. Japanese before. Um, which. But I mean, the English dub, like, there's there's a ton of like, like I re- I recognized uh, Uriu from Bleach's, uh, mm-hmm. like the geeky kid that's on the ship with the captain. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recognized a lot of the voice actors, and I mean, you you'll recognize a lot of them just in general with anime dubs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, apparently they did a, a a pretty recent redubbing of it. That's really cool. Now, granted, yeah, it looks I, like it was within a year of it coming out. Yeah, I don't know if that's the one that's on Amazon Prime or not, or if that's the mm-hmm. old one. Either way, the one that's on Amazon Prime is fantastic. Uh, I watched this in English. Um, we don't we don't mm-hmm. have time for reading anymore, you know. No, not in this house. No, and I, it's funny. Like this is the um, this is when I say Katsuhiro Tomo. Like I know he di- he directed two of the movies of the three and they i want to say it was the second two but they, he did another anthology back in the 80s called neo tokyo so i'm no i don't know if you've ever seen that one you've probably seen like the cover art where it looks like it, somebody who looks like tetsuo on the cover it's like it's like robot carnival where when you search like one of these films you'll kind of get like the suggested mm-hmm. tab of like you'll get like those films um, so I've definitely, mm-hmm. obviously, I've heard of it. I've probably seen the cover art, uh, but never seen it. Like actually watched. It. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. I, I I saw. I used to have Neo Tokyo on VHS. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened to it. I just don't remember. 
And Chris, we don't know what happened to any of the VHS tapes, you know? No, they just, they're all long they were gone. They 99-cent binners at the garage sale. And, uh, That's right. We haven't seen them since. Um, but Otomo, he actually only directed the the last movie. He definitely he did like the screen. Okay, he just did Cannon Fodder. Yeah, he did the screenplay for the first two. Mm-hmm. And then Cannon Fodder. I think he did the whole thing for Cannon Fodder. Um, okay. But obviously these are all his his stories. So, mm-hmm. so like he, he, he wrote the stories basically. I think he wrote the stories for the mm-hmm. most part. I don't know. It, it, it's a mess because you got multiple production companies on this. You got all kinds of different directors, and it's just a big collaboration. But I think he oversaw the majority of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of hands in the soup on this one for sure. But hey, it pays divvies, man. I, I think it's. I think that I think this movie is just a low key. Like it, it slips through a lot of cracks, but it's it's a low key banger. It really is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, I mean, finding out Satoshi Kon also worked on Magnetic Rose, because there was parts, mm-hmm. I think it's the scene with Heinz's family, where I was like, man, that, that almost felt like a Satoshi Kon moment, and it's like, oh, he, mm-hmm. he, he helped write it and did the screenplay for Magnetic Rose. It's <laughs> well, like, there you go. Fucking makes sense. It's like, <laughs> you put mm-hmm. Kon and Otomo together, it's like, that's a, that's a certified classic right there. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, obviously gone way too soon. Way too soon. We're gonna we're gonna hard to we're believe gonna, it was twenty ten. Wow, no, it's wild. We're gonna get through all of his filmography, but before the show is done, for damn sure. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because he did what? Perfect Blue was the one was one of the ones we've done yeah. with him. And then yeah, uh, I guess we could just talk about our poll real quick because we don't have a whole lot of news to cover. Really, the only news this week uh, that we got is Suzume comes out probably tonight in some theaters. Um, mm-hmm. But. The release is April 14th, which is tomorrow. So by the time you're hearing this, you can buy your tickets to Suzume. Uh, it kind of snuck up on me, Chris. I, I'm going to try to go see it this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure I can make time. I, I, I honestly just, just been so busy prepping for Florida. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. Suzume, yeah, we got, we got a vacation season. coming up. Yeah, so um, we're going to delay our review of Suzume for a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll I might going. go see it tomorrow because I gotta go get a fresh clip, get the beard trimmed up, yeah, you get have, uh, you know, gotta have it ready for when we're chasing cougars down in Chili's, you know. Oh, oh man, <laughs> ain't ain't no cougar like a Chili's cougar. I tell you what, exactly. Um, but yeah, Susan May coming out—that's the big news. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Mario is crushing the box office. Um, yep, it really is the highest global opening for an animated film of all time. Not too shabby. Not too shabby yeah. at all. Um, Turns out it's a great movie. Yeah, and then for our poll for next week, we're just going to do another movie. We're just going to take the two losers of our last poll, so we're going to take The Place Promised and our, our, excuse me, we're going to take Millennium Actress and Uh Alita Battle Angel, have those two face off. Uh Winner takes all, and that's what we'll cover next, or the week, two weeks from today. Um, We're going to cover The Place Promised in our early days next week, uh, which you guys can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, It's like a $3 movie. Three dollar rental. So be sure to check that out with us. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the news. Not a whole lot this week. I think we're just yeah. excited about Florida, Chris. That's that's <laughs> so close. It's so damn close. But I can taste it. So close, I can taste it. Speaking of taste, I'm ready. Mmm. Good. Is it time to sip on some sips? Yes, I think it is, because I got a new beer here, and I can't wait to crack it. Ooh. Oh, then, then by all me, means, lead, Cody. Lead me off, Chris. Lead me off. Oh, you, you know what, Cody? I will, because I need to know. And the people at home need to know. What you drinking? Okay. Hopefully that picked up on the mic. It was the me. I heard something. I had the can opener and the bottle as close as I could to the <laughs> to the mic itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris, today, finally, after weeks of being sold out, we have a Yingling Golden Pilsner. Let me see if I can read down the tail of the tape here. Six generations, oh, baby. Of, six generations of brewing since 1829. Refreshing. It's mm-hmm. beer. Uh, does this thing have a calorie counter on it? What do we got up here up top? That's a n- great question. There is not a lot of information on this bottle, I will tell you what. But that's okay. I'm going to try it. So here we go. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Oh, yeah, that's good. That is a good... That is refreshing on a nice hot summer day like today. 
Maybe spring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 82 degrees outside, so they fooled 82 me. degrees here. Yeah, but um, this is the one I believe. I think we had these down in Florida the last time we were there. Um, I believe so. But I definitely enjoy this. It's not as heavy as the lager, so I enjoy it a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just a solid, just a solid pilsner. Maybe my first pilsner on the show. I don't know. Oh man, they don't put pilsner on a lot of the bottles I get. No, that's true. And and like I've said before, pilsners are just a subtype of lager. Usually, they're a little hoppier, a little drier. But that's honestly, man, in my old age, that's about all I drink anymore. Yeah, very refreshing. Very refreshing. I picked up a sixer of these. I was debating between this and the flights. Um, mm-hmm. But the flights, they only had 12 packs, and I was like, if I don't like it, I don't want to commit to a 12 pack. Like a six pack, I can no, commit absolutely. to, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's a 12 pack, you might be handing those out to the neighbors and shit. The slippery stuff. Yeah. It can be, yeah. So, but you, you go with what you know you're going to drink. That's right. So we went with the old six-pack of bottles of the Yingling Golden Pills. There, Chris, these things were flying off the shelves. Like I went, oh, to, yeah, that's right. I went back to mm-hmm. the beer cave, and I, there was me and two other guys, and we were all grabbing the Yingling stuff. They were flying. I've got to like. Rem- I've also got to get used to the fact that you know Yingling is you know it's always it's going to be always it's always been on this side of the Mississippi River because it's out of Pennsylvania. So like when you start going. To the Midwest and to the West Coast, like it, it's it doesn't exist there because it's just not distributed there. So I often I often forget that. So when like I, I like that you're getting excited about like Yingling because it's like oh shit I've been drinking Yingling for fucking twenty years. You know what I mean? And it's awesome. Like I love the discovery again. I'm, old anime and old beers. I love seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm sure for you it's like. You can go to a gas station and they're always going to have Yingling in stock, or you can go to oh, a, a liquor store or something like. Mm-hmm. Here, here it's like the new fucking the new wave. Like <laughs> all the kids are. Drinking you could it. go to the the cruddiest, most rundown corner store gas station, and they'll have Yingling. Doesn't matter. Like it's just it's always going to be there. Like the Anheuser Busch out here. Like I can go exactly. to exactly now. Granted, I don't. You guys can't buy liquor at stores out there, right? You have to go to like a... Yep, we have to go to a state store, like a yeah. specific... Like Bud, mm-hmm. Light, Bud Light, I can find that no matter what, anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yingling, you know, we just got Yingling on tap like last week. Here, so. Oh, man. Things are looking up. But, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying yeah, the Golden Pilsner. Uh, what about you, Chris? What are you drinking this fine Thursday afternoon? Well, Cody, you know, it's it's starting to get hot outside. I'm, I've already cracked one. I'm about... <laughs> I'm already kind of into my second one. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. Cody, I am just sipping on a classic Dos Equis lager. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, we're, we're both going with the light lagers. But, you know, this is this is me practicing for my two-for-ones. Nothing wrong with that, Chris. Dos Equis, a frequent yeah. flyer of the podcast. Um, Damn right. Yeah, I just grabbed a little sixer of these on the way home. They let us out of school early today. When I say school, I mean work. It was just because it was just so slow. They were just like, hey. It, go enjoy the weather. Get out of here. And it's like, are you sure? I, I have a job when I come back, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. Recess for everybody. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Damn right it was. Recess for everybody. So I was like, well, let me stop at the store on the way home, get myself a nice crisp Dos Equis lager. And, Cody, with that, let's fucking dive into some memories. You know, memories. Memories. We all have them. But uh, yeah, just a real quick tale of the tape here. You know, uh, it was released in 1995, right at the end of 1995, right there, right before Christmas. Um, and I want to say we saw it here. It popped up here in America. I feel like, I feel like it was like not soon after that. I'm just trying to, or might have even been like late 90s, early 2000s, because I remember seeing. It's three short films. There's Magnetic Rose is the, is the first one, which is a fucking banger. Then you have Stink Bomb, which is the second act. And then you have Cannon Fodder. Um, Cannon Fodder is the one I remember seeing on TV. Not knowing what it was, but I just remember the world um, 
was very unique. The animation is very unique. Everybody looks dusty and grimy. Everybody looks like Queen Braun from Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. When you say everybody, you literally mean everybody. Cause I mean every man, I'm woman, looking, and child. I'll never look at Queen Braun the same now. Not that I looked Dude, at I'm her. saying. <laughs> With uh, intrigue before. <laughs> right. Hey, you, get, you get enough two-for-one in you. You never know. But, uh, <laughs> It just it has this very like really grimy, dirty, steampunky World War One ish kind of look to it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really unique. Then I found out it was an anime movie, and then I remember seeing um, memories on DVD when I was older, and I was just like, oh wow, I, I've seen this before. But then you know, I, I remember I think I rented memories from the video store that had all the great anime and. That's really all I remember uh, about it until I discovered it was on Amazon recently. And then it was just like, wow, these movies, this movie's so fucking good. I complete it's one of those ones that got lost to the annals of time and then watched it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how great this was. Yeah, and what a cool movie poster. I don't know if the DVD has the same cover as it does. Poster. It does. Um, just a sweet cover, uh, which. Kind of yeah, you got the rose, and then you've got the uh, the spacesuit, the guy wearing like the NASA spacesuit, and then you've got uh, like on this throne, very very Akira like Tetsuo looking, and then you've got the fucking kid with the salute down in front. Yep, yeah, just a cool, just a neat poster. Like it's very eye catching. Like if I would have saw this on the video store shelf, I definitely would have picked it up. Um, Absolutely. But let's uh, dude, let's dive right into the first of three movies. The first one called Magnetic Rose. Now, I, I've made the reference before, Cody. If you've ever seen the movie Ghost Ship, I know you said you have, but usually you fall asleep after the first 10 minutes, which is normal for Ghost Ship. You can see the influences. Like, you can actually see, like, most, like, sci-fi horror movies that came out after this, just how much they are influenced by this movie. Yeah, I'll definitely put Ghost Ship back on my on my homework for this week, you know. I got. I'll have yep. to. I'll have to get Pat. You know the the ghost ship. They peaked early in that movie um, with that crazy they scene. Did. And you guys know which scene I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember oh, yeah. fucking anything else past that. So I, yeah, I'll, it doesn't matter. I'll definitely be be able to you know draw some similarities. It's just bad. See where, where they got inspiration. It's just a bad movie with that bad early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands like CG when it was just awful. You know what I mean? When it was like Attack of the Clones awful. That's right. I mean, there's a bunch of movies from that period. Like, oh, that just isn't there where like 13 Ghosts is at? And I like that movie. Mm -hmm. I can, I can sure watch some is. 13 Ghosts. Well, there's some, I'm trying to think of some more that are from back then. Um, mm -hmm. I say back then, it's crazy. That's been 20 years. But... Right. Who the fuck you tell us? Who are you telling? I was a grown ass <laughs> man. I saw, I saw Ghost Ship in the movie theaters, goddammit. Crazy oh. times, crazy times, Chris. How did we get here? But you know, I don't know. I don't know. But let's dive in. So, Magnetic Rose is, like I said, the first of the three. It follows the crew of the Corona, which is a just a deep space salvage freighter. Again, very, very classic sci-fi horror setup. You know, how many horror movies have we seen where you've got uh, a salvage crew, and just like every other time before it, Cody, they encounter they they catch a distress signal like an sos and they go ahead and respond to it and i can't remember but i feel like in every movie it's almost like they are under strict regulation if they receive a distress call they have to respond to it and i can't remember if they mention that here where they're like they're like finishing up a mission and they're ready to go home and then it's like well we can't we've got to respond to this distress signal yeah, because first they get a signal that's like, hey, this crew needs help, but it wasn't the SOS. But then they get the, the mm -hmm. SOS signal, and I think Heinz mentions yeah. it. He's like, we'll get, we'll get banned from the board. You know, we'll get, we'll get in trouble yep. if we don't go to this SOS signal. And so, you know, they set the coordinates and head out to this. Really, it's like a, like a just a graveyard mm -hmm. in, in space, um, which I think is what the yep. captain actually calls it. Um, we kind of get to meet our. Our crew, we have Heinz and Miguel. They're kind of the guys that actually go out. and mm -hmm. They're really the story we follow. And then we have the captain. And then 
Is it Aoshima, I believe, is the other guy's name? I, I think so. But they, they definitely don't matter as much as uh, as uh, Heinz and Miguel. They're, they are, they're the two with boots on the ground. Yeah, and so they head down <laughs> in their little, like, little separate ship mm-hmm. thing. I don't even know what to call it. Um, yeah, like their little landing craft, their little shuttle, their whatever. Call it what you want. Yeah. But when they uh, but when they get there, Cody, it uh, it is brimming with uh, with with opulence and life. Uh, when I say life, they don't see anybody, but like everything looks pretty pr- pristine and like like <laughs> like the inside of the fucking Titanic. Yeah, they walked into this thing, and it reminded me of like the ballroom from like old Beauty and the Beast. I was like, this doesn't yeah. look like it's supposed to be in a space graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, what? And then they, um... Yeah, they're, they're obviously they... taken back, and of course what they're viewing, mm-hmm. the crew on the ship can see, um, until the holograms and mm-hmm. shit starts going wild, then they can't see that. Yeah. But then, like, it, you find out that the station belonged to, uh, I guess, a, a famous, or I guess at a one point famous, uh, opera singer named, uh, Eva, Eva Friedel, I think is her name, and, um who basically her fiance named Carlo, who was also, uh, I guess an opera singer was murdered. Yeah. And like you, you and see, she disappeared after that. Yeah. And you see pictures of these two throughout the, throughout uh-huh. the, uh, ship, I guess is what, what we're calling this thing. Um, and not only that, we also have our boy Miguel. He's a bit of a ladies man, you know, he, he's a, cha- oh, he is, baby. he's a tail chaser. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he actually sees her in what he doesn't realize at the time is a hologram where it looks like she's like mm-hmm. out in this field and it's like the classic, like the female's umbrella blows away and she's chasing after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, he's already got the hots for her, even though she's just a hologram. Um, oh, of course. But then, and, um, but then Chris, mm-hmm. like, I think they, I can't, they find like a trophy of hers and they send it back to the ship, and now Oshima starts to like, kind of like look up the details of her past, and that's how you figure out about Carlo, and you know he was murdered, and she ended up losing her voice. She would still perform, and they would like, I guess, just dub over her voice. I I don't even know how to describe that. Um, yeah, but she said, very very Milli Vanilli, as it were. Yeah, she was doing it all for Carlo, supposedly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But Cody, from here, this is where it, you know, kind of becomes that classic, like, paranormal kind of horror trope because everything just starts going, you know, they all, they're all hearing shit, they're seeing shit, and it just goes from, just from bad to worse. Yeah, and of course, because class, we get in classic mm-hmm. horror fashion also, they, they split up, you know, things start getting weird and they're like, oh, oh let's God. split <laughs> No, don't. That, does, that never ends well. That yeah, absolutely never. never ends well. Yeah. And they do it. Um, and then, like, I want to say, like, I want to try to remember what happens to Miguel. Because uh, they're, they're also, because they're trying to find the SO, they're trying to find where that fucking signal's coming from. That's, you know, also what prompts them to split up. Yeah. Because um, I, I want to say he finds it. Yeah, I guess I kind of forgot to mention also, there's like a, a scene where Miguel sees her and she, like, sets some flowers down. Mm hmm. The flowers are real there, but she wasn't like the flowers weren't there before, and so like Miguel's tripping out, and Heinz is like, "No, it's just you're, you know, you're losing it." And then we see like the ballerina little wind up thing fall and break in front of Heinz, which mm-hmm. put a pin in that. But he starts freaking out, and of course, then they split up. And I think it's I can't remember who's. P- I guess we see Miguel's POV first, um, mm-hmm. and. Our poor, poor boy Miguel. He's such a tail chaser. He basically gets, he falls for it. Um, he's yeah, he sure does. I mean, he, he sure does. I mean, he's heels overhead for old girl Eva, and um, just met her and wants a slice of that. Yeah, he, he's he like he's seeing like, I can't remember if he doesn't walk onto the stage because that's what Heinz does. But I think he oh he comes yes. across the piano is what it is. Yeah, because that's where the because uh, that's where like the signal is like the. The, the piano is what's playing the the signal. Yeah, and he also recognizes, I think when they first got the SOS signal, there was like a, almost like a song or like an audio snippet. And it's that mm-hmm. song, but there's nobody playing the piano, of course. And the piano's in like this, this like flooded room of just destroyed ships and all kinds of other shit. Um, but when he sees Eva, like 
you know, the whole room changes into like this, like hologram world, and he and he's just fucking he's falling for it. Yep. Unfortunately, um, and meanwhile, our boy Hoints he goes the other way, and you know he starts seeing shit. He sees this girl fall from like the ceiling to the floor. Um, he ends up coming up on a stage where Eva's there, like he can see her, and it's like a like a play stage almost. And when he goes to walk up to her, Chris, she fucking stabs him. Just right in the fucking gut, man. Yeah. And then so he falls down and like, you think he's bleeding out. Um, and you see he starts seeing some memories. Um, unintended. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we get a flashback scene of Heinz and his, his wife and his child. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just gotten her a spacesuit for like a, a birthday present or whatever the case may be, and they're having dinner. And the wife's like, "You know, it'd be nice if you were around more." Um, and then you see the wife kind of like shift into Eva, and like then you see like the flowers start blooming, and it's like, "What the hell's going on here?" Um, yeah, this is uh, this is a big deal because like you you get a, with so little, you get a lot of backstory about Heinz and his family. Oh yeah. Like he's he's not had a good go of it. And like you were saying that you know you see a lot of that on your you you picked up a lot more of it on your second watch through. Well yeah. Just the uh, the mirrors. Yeah, especially when we get towards like the, the end here, but Heinz eventually he snaps out of this scene and then like we see mm-hmm. like the table set on the stage and Eva and the kid are there. I can't remember his, his daughter's name off the top of my head. Oh shit. Oh, Emily. Emily? Emily, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, you see they're not, like, I don't even know, they're, like, I don't even know what to describe it as. They're, like, almost, like, paper mache, like, they're falling apart, almost, uh, like, on the, mm-hmm. in, in the real life. And Heinz snaps, too, and starts, you know, he starts shooting his gun at everything. And the captain mm-hmm. comes over the speakers, and he's like, where have you guys been? He's like, you guys haven't responded in 30 minutes. And it's like, holy shit, like. It, the, there's yeah. some weird shit going on here, right? Um, Absolutely. And he's like, well, what about Miguel? Where's Miguel? He's like, we haven't heard from him either. You gotta go find him. So he goes, follows the path that Miguel was taking. And we see our boy mm-hmm. Miguel is just, he's fucking allayed, <laughs> or he's like salsa dancing. I don't even know what to call it. He, <laughs> he's dancing with nothing in thin air in the middle of this like pool of water. Um, but he's fully entrapped in in Eva's little game that she's playing. Um, and so Heinz basically tries to get Miguel out of it, because you see Miguel, he, he's, like, walking through, like, a, a party of random people, and, like, they're taking him away, like, and Heinz is, can't, can't, like, stop him. Like, there's nothing to break him out of this trance that he's in. Um, and that's when Eva shows back up, and this is where we get some messed up games with, with, with Heinz and yeah. Eva. Because next thing you know, Heinz is, he's in front of his house. Um, his, like, yep. a, a recreation of his house, and he's on the roof, and he's got to fix the, the little, like, I don't know what you call them, the wind things up top. Oh, the little fucking, uh, yeah. I don't know what to With call them. They're like a compass on the roof. You yeah, see, they, they, you see him, you see him in, like, all the natural disaster yeah, movies. You see him in Twister, in yeah. Fast. <laughs> That's right. Um, but his daughter mentioned it at the dinner table earlier in that scene we saw that it was broken or something like that. And so he's up there mm-hmm. fixing it, and he's, like, reliving this scene. And then you see her come out from her window with the spacesuit on. She's like, Daddy, I can help you. And he's like, he, he's like, Emily, don't come up here. And, of course, she falls to her death. Um, Oof, which poor we, thing. We realize is, is something that happened in, in the real world. Um, and then you see, like, you see her body slumped over, like, dead on the ground, and now he's at the front of the house. And you see Eva with a, a, a living Emily that's like, Daddy, come with us. You know, like, oh, really just man. fucking with him. Um, because she's wants, wants Heinz to be like her new Carlo, because we also find out that turns out she was the one that actually murdered Carlo because he had refused to marry her. Um, and so she's basically looking for... I, I guess it's just like her her memories are looking for like a, this lifelong partner or whatever the case may be because she's she's long dead at this point. Um, yeah, but her memory. Yeah, this thing is long and, since derelict. Yeah, lives on in the ship. Um, yeah, man, and then and then it clicked in my head. I was like, wait a minute, like the ballerina figure that fell and broke was Heinz's daughter. 
the girl that mm-hmm. fell from the ceiling to the floor and disappeared was Heinz. It's like the whole time. A lot she, of symbolism. She's been fucking with Heinz, which I, it really, it, it's the reason I think you should watch this one twice. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course, he's unable to get Heinz out of there. Um, he ends up, he, you know, after all of Eva messing with him, he ends up shooting Eva, and she's like this weird, she's like a cyborg robot thing. Yeah. Um, and it's all being comp- controlled by this like gigantic computer thing that's way off in the distance. Mm-hmm. So he's shooting at that. Um, Which also, by the way, I want to say the ship is actually getting uh, because of like an EM field. Like the ship is being pulled towards the uh, towards the space station, which kind of starts to explain the graveyard a little bit. Yeah, there's like this magnetic field that's pulling them in, and I mean the ship's mm-hmm. getting ripped up and. Oshima and Cat yeah. are doing all they can, but it's like, like guys, we we probably can't save you. Like that's pretty much like Miguel's probably a lost cause at this point because he's in La La Land. Oh yeah, he's just like follow like frolicking around. Like yeah, he he's 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 Dunzos. Yeah, and so the captain basically is like, look, we gotta fi- we gotta fire this energy cannon, which is just some uh-huh. some, some beam thing they have um, to try and get them out, at least him and Aoshima out alive. Um, but it, even in doing so, uh, it it kind of destroys the computer, but not really. Like, we see Eva still doing her opera thing, and it's all holograms and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the ship, unfortunately, even gets sucked in and, like, ripped apart. So Pretty much everybody just gets calls for this, this <laughs> trap that she has set. Like, whether they yeah, want to or not, like join the graveyard, the ship's getting pulled in from this, of course, idle magnetic rose. Um, uh-huh. We see Heinz gets you know, he gets shot into space along with a bunch of like you see like the bodies of like some other victims that have fallen for her scheme, which is where the other ships obviously come from. Um, yep. And then they kind of like pan the camera out, and you see it's like the it's a it's a rose shaped graveyard. Like everything just looks like in the shape of a rose, which you know. Very clever. Yeah, just, I mean, and I wish, Chris, I wish we got more, honestly. That's a, that's the only gripe I have about this one. Um, yeah, they, I wish they would have stretched this one out to about, you know, at least an hour and 20 minutes, right? I would have been fine with an 80-minute movie of this, because it was so good. Yeah, and then, of course, we see Miguel lives on in Eva's memories, basically, as being, like, her new Carlo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chase and Taylor yep. until the end, shout out to the boy. Um, that's right. <laughs> and it, it, the wiki says Heinz is still alive in space, but like, if he, he is, he's not going to be alive. Yeah, much like, longer. If anybody even shows up to your SOS signal, it's just you know the story. Yeah, no, yeah. For all intents and purposes, Heinz is dead. Yeah, like there's no two ways to it. Um, yeah, just just a really cool, uh, a fun watch. Obviously, we can't do justice to like the animation for being. Damn near thirty years old. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I think it might have the best animation out of the three. Um, yeah. But you know, maybe Stink Bomb is, is close. Um, yeah, because Stink Bomb has that like it, it, it's very Akira like in its animation. Yeah, and they actually had Studio Four C work on this one and Canon Vado, mm-hmm. and, and then Madhouse came in and did Stink Bomb. So it's just cool to have. You know, first of all, you have all these directors. You have Koji Morimoto. Katsuhiro uh, Tomo, all these guys, and then all these different animation studios also working together on this project. I think it's just neat that this is something you probably wouldn't get today. Like you, you wouldn't get like a right. oh, uh, like uh, what, what, who am I trying to think of? Oh man, the director of Your Name, Chris, throwing a blank. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, that's not what. Shinkai? That's not him, is it? Yeah. Not yeah, him. yeah. Sing- yeah. Shinkai? Is that his name? Yeah. Something close to that. Um, but like yeah. you, you'll never get like him. Usually or- you're right on the money with that. That's that golden pilsner, man. I know. Uh but usually you won't get like we're never gonna have him do like a studio Ghibli film or something. Like and that's mm-hmm. just cool that there's something that they could do back then was have like these animation studios, all these different directors come together and Dude, I, I, why not? I'd love to see a collaboration of short films I, today. Yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down. It's Makoto Shinkai. We were, we were close. Makoto, Makoto Shinkai. Shinkai. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, 
that is magnetic rose. That's in my opinion top shelf. Yeah, like this could have gotten its own ninety-minute movie, and I would have gladly paid for it. Um, no, Chris, absolutely. We still got two more shorts to talk about, so we'll uh, yeah, we'll dive into Stink Bomb next. Yeah, Stink Bomb's weird, man. It's about a guy who basically uh, takes some pills that are part of a uh, part of a weapons program. He starts it. Uh, he starts getting this uh, this stink uh, that <laughs> it's just the whole premise the is just so fucking fun. He just gets the stank, man, and uh, this odor that comes from his body is he's. It's like dropping the fucking a bomb, man. Like this, this guy is like a walking, just murder machine at this point because of this, um, because of this stank that he emits. Because like he killed first, like when he after because he had he's fighting the flu, and that's why he he ta- he mistakenly takes these pills, thinking they're like cold medicine. Um, the next thing we know, he he fucking falls asleep, kills everybody in his laboratory. Um, yeah, because I think he works in like a. I don't know if it's a pharmaceutical yeah, like, lab, but it's some kind of lab where they they're where they're yeah. like manufacturing medicine. It's like a not quite an umbrella mm-hmm. corporation, but you know it's <laughs> oh, it's seem, fucking close enough. They seem innocent at first, um, but one of his coworkers is like, "Yeah, go take the blue pills and the red bottle," and he goes in, and of course, takes the the opposite. You know, whatever the, yeah, the, the red pill and the blue bottle. Yeah, I, I remember I paused it and I was like. Is that what his coworker said? And so I actually, before I even got to like continuing the movie, I rewound it and I was like, no, he definitely is taking the wrong pills here. All right. Oh yeah. And like you said, he wakes up and everybody in the lab's dead. Um, he doesn't realize he's he's emitting this deadly odor. Because uh, <laughs> this is and it kills everything except for like plants, like any like human life or like animal life. Fucking dead and there's nothing you can do about it gas mask hazmat suit get fucked yeah, it, it literally doesn't matter this is has to be the inspiration be- behind um the spongebob episode where spongebob eats like the, <laughs> the gross shit and he gets the ugly <laughs> <laughs> um this this i know it has to be like the sole inspiration of that episode where fucking you get the classic patrick line once there was an ugly barnacle he was so ugly that everyone died. I was like, I was like, this is like, this is where they got the whole idea from was from this. So, definitely. dude, well, and like, because this guy quickly kills like a half a million people. Like the yeah. body count in this in this movie is through the roof. Yeah, because he, he t- he's basically on his way to Tokyo and killing everybody in the process. Like, there's yeah, because like, the like, like hey. there's a survivor. We got to go down there and help. You see, like the cops have crashed. Like. Because mm-hmm. I guess we should mention this before he leaves the lab. You know, he, he fires up the computer and he explains to the big wigs who are shitting their pants basically. Mm-hmm. They're like, grab all the documents. Well, you need to before, bring this to Tokyo. Yeah, before the cops get there, you need to bring this to Tokyo. The cops died well, on the way. <laughs> like they, they literally died on the way. Like he wrecks his. He, he hops on his bike and he's riding his bike. Wrecks the bike. You see all the animals are dead, but the flowers are blooming like crazy, and it's the middle of winter, mm-hmm. so like. Whatever this biological weapon is, is fucking, yeah, it's, it, it's a problem. Um, and basically, yeah, and like, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, like, nobody can stop this motherfucker. Like, the Japanese army is trying, like, the police are trying, just all the fucking, just, he is just leaving this, this unintended wake of just bodies while he's traveling. This poor guy, it's, it, this is, this is a nightmare for people is what's happening. Yeah, and at some points they even like try to hit him with like missiles from like like military planes and the stench like whatever the gas is like fucks with uh-huh. the missiles to where the like the planes can't even fly right so the planes are crashing the missiles are missing like dude's just rolling on like a moped just like getting shot at by military planes. <laughs> it's a very yep. it's a very like um what's the word I'm looking for like it's like satire is what it is like it's a comedy. Yes. It's more of a comedy film, but like when you think about like how many people are being killed, like it's like oh Jesus Christ. Um, and it doesn't stop because like even the U.S. military gets involved. Like they take over the operation after they see Japan, like their their defense forces just kind of fallen, and they like trap him in like a tunnel, and 
I want to say they're they're what they're what they try to do is like they try to basically freeze them out with like liquid nitrogen. Um, I want to say like we even got people in like fucking NASA spacesuits trying to like capture them. And Cody, the the way this one kind of ends is we see we see like one of the NASA spacesuits like come out of the tunnel, and it's him, and um, he's there with like all the big wig, like he's, he's the, I guess the suit is like brought to like HQ and in this room full of people, Cody, he opens the fucking helmet and everybody just fucking like, that's it. Like they're all just dead. Yeah. Cause like we, the viewer, we don't know who is in the suit. Cause they bring him in. They're like, he's the hero that stopped, you know? Yep. Uh, it's got like, the sh- cause it's got like the mirrored like visor yeah. over the face. And he clicks the visor first and they realize it's him and they're like, Oh fuck! Oh fuck! <laughs> and he's like, "Let me get out like, of this." He's like, "Here's that paperwork you said I had to hand directly to you." And the, these guys oh, are just like, out of this. they're like speechless because like they know they're just fucked. And then he of course opens the fucking mask and <sighs> basically just wipes this out poor all guy. of fucking Tokyo in thirty minutes. <laughs> like... Just wipes out all of humanity. It's uh, yeah, that, like that's the like. See, what I like about this movie is the fact that like it gave us this very like narrow look at what's going on. And like this guy could effectively just end the world and become the last person alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so wild. Yeah. I think the only, my only gripe about this one uh, is it just, mm-hmm. it, it just lasts a little too long. Like once you get to the point where he's like on his way to Tokyo, you kind of, you kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, yeah. They could have condensed that and I think by only, maybe like ten minutes. I think the only reason I wanted them to condense it is just for more magnetic rows. Um, but Stink mm-hmm. Bomb on its own is obviously it's a very different tone. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more comedic at certain parts. Um, Definitely a dark comedy because, like, we're oh, again we're sure. just watching just bodies just hit the fucking dirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is definitely. But the plants good, are blooming. Yeah, the plants are blooming. That's right, Chris. In the middle of the winter. Who would have thought? And mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have the flu anymore. So. Yeah, it turns out hey, he's okay. He's batting a thousand. But yeah, if you if you guys have ever seen the uh, uh, SpongeBob where he eats the nasty pile of food and then has bad breath and scares everybody away, like that is the number That's one. That's this. That is the this is the number one inspiration. Uh, kind of a cool thing. We almost I almost want to like send a letter, <laughs> just an old fashioned letter written in green crayon. To Nickelodeon, and be like, did you? Was that episode inspired by can by uh, by Stink Bomb from Katsuhiro Tomo's Memories? And I'll only accept one answer: yes. Yeah, I'm actually like looking it up, like trying to see like if. Oh, no. That's, they're pulling up a different SpongeBob reference. I don't know if there's oh, like a Reddit thread that's like. Memory stink bomb inspired SpongeBob, right? Like, oh <laughs> man, got, like I mean, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but you know that's fine. Um, but it, it, I'd be surprised if it didn't. But so that one, so that one's pretty good. This next one is where it gets a little, it gets a little weird. When I say weird, it's we're we're taken to a world that is just just kind of out there. This is, um. And this one's called Cannon Fodder. Basically, we're in this this world where inside this city, like every building is like a cannon, like a massive fucking cannon. And all everybody does, like they, they just the city is run by people like think of like people going into a factory and work and you're just fucking firing off these cannons all day long. Like at this, at some kind of unseen enemy, everything is military regimented. You know, it's always like, you know, kids talking to his mom. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like the kid wants to be a soldier. Um, You know, I said, everybody looks like everybody's kind of like covered in like, again, it's very like World War One looking. Everybody's like covered in dirt, like and just soot from the cannons. Um, And even the animation is like like, very clearly different. I actually saw Big time. I, don't, I don't remember where the article was, but I was I was just googling around. Um mm-hmm. and Otomo wanted this to look more like watercolor than you know, like traditional yeah. animation. Um and it, and it gives it this unique unique look and feel. Of course, like you said at the top of this thing, everybody looks like Queen Bronze, so that's 
<laughs> yeah. <No>, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's so wild. An interesting uh, it, approach. No, and, and now you can't unsee it. But like, so basically, and, and again, this one's kind of weird because like, I feel like the city, like the characters take a back seat to the world that we're thrust in, in my opinion. Because um, yeah. ultimately what happens is like, they're, they're talking about like this enemy city um, that like, there's a, an enemy city that moves, but like, the the main character his his father gets like there's a like there's a, an accident whatever at what at, at, at the factory or at the cannon that he gets blamed for um and basically the, like, i don't know like there it, there's like this war going on in the background that you don't really know what's happening but yeah, ultimately it, the, like, this one's kind of hard enemy. to describe like right cuz really where this one at the end of the day like you're you're kind of following this kid around and just because like this it's this one like i don't want to say continuous take but like the way it's done is very interesting yeah it but, is it is like a one take which is yeah i don't know if i've ever i've seen it in shows like for instance the the show the bear on hulu that has yeah a one take and mm. when you realize it's a one take it's like it's like a cool. It is neat, but in animation, it's kind of like different. Like it's not like I don't, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's less impressive, but it's it's hard to mess it's different. up, right? Like okay, so they didn't fade to black at a certain scene or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But this is technically a one take. Um, it just really mm-hmm. shows like what a world could be like if it was completely ro- ruled by like this militant militant like. Like even when the kids yeah. go to school, it's like he's learning about how to shoot cannons and like yeah, because that's like because like, like that's what you like that's what you aspire to do. Like you want to grow up to be the fucking guy who fires the cannon. Like that's or a cannon because they're everywhere. Like right. that's literally what you are raised to do is to fire these cannons. And who the fuck knows? Yeah, like you, if you're one of the, if you're a woman, you go to the work in the factories, which we see like where his mom works, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you're a guy, you're either a, a loader or you're the the big wig that comes up on the elevator and shoots the cannon. Um, and it's all yeah. very militant. If you mess up like his dad did, you basically have to stand out. You and your crew have to stand outside while the while the cannon fires, which I'm sure can't have good safety regulation. Like you know, you know, I'm sure it's terrible to be next to one of these cannons firing off because you, oh, see, I imagine. you see like the protesters on the street saying like oh the the fumes from the cannon they're like it, they cause you know whatever disease or whatever the heck they're talking about um, <laughs> they cause mud butt but even like when they come home and like you know everybody's off work the kids yeah. done with school you know you see the television show come on and it's like I can't remember the name of it. it's like the cannon family or something like it's like a sitcom mm-hmm. based on the same world it's like it's just yeah. It's just a, a wild. This is take. the world where, yeah, it's so weird. You never see and, the, you never see the enemy. You hear about it on the news that they hit them x amount of times, but like we never mm-hmm. see any of that. Like the first ten minutes of this is just them preparing to fire the cannon. They fire the cannon and then they like all right, time to reload. Like yeah, and like it kind of ends with the with the kid going to bed and you know. He, again, he he wants to be he wants to be the one to fire their cannon, and and like the 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 movie just kind of ends with like with like the with like sirens going off, like they're they're going back to war, they're or maybe somebody's firing at them, or like we just don't really know. Yeah, they have like a almost like a a tornado siren <laughs> is mm-hmm. the only thing I could compare it to, and then like you see like this blue light sweep mm-hmm. past his window, and then. That's it. Like you don't know if they're being attacked, or they kind of leave it up for speculation. Um, Which I think would be neat for a very offensive city for them to, because you know it did talk about a, a an enemy city that moves. Maybe maybe somebody just rolled up on them and got the drop on them. Yeah, because I mean your whole city's. <laughs> it doesn't look like they got a lot of defense going on there, Chris. No, no, they they are a glass cannon. No <laughs> pun intended. Um, but you know. This one, it, it's only like a 25-minute, maybe. No, maybe only 15, honestly. This is... Yeah, because they, uh, they, blew, they 
blew their wad on the time on uh, on Stink Bomb. That's right, yeah. Um, Should have just called this movie Magnetic Rose and cut off the end. Um, yep. But, um, just three really solid films. Um, yeah, I agree. Incredibly. I agree. I wasn't like, disappointed in any of surprised them. Surprised how well the animation um, holds up. Uh, mm-hmm. 28 years, even cannon fodder. But cannon fodder, it's like they meant to make it look different, right? Yeah, there's something kind of artistic about it. I, I mean, obviously, all animation is art, but there's something just kind of off the beaten path, and it just really, really works for this story that they're trying to tell. Yeah, um, but overall, I think we both agree, and the majority, from what <laughs> I've saw on like um, IMDb reviews and things like that, Magnetic Rose is is the gym of the bunch. Um, and then it kind of Y'all gets by a, mile. a little bit worse and a little bit worse, or maybe a lot of bit worse to, to be honest, just cause magnetic Rose is that good. Um, it's a tough act to follow. And I think that's, um, I think that's, I don't want to say the problem. If I had any gripe with this movie, it's that magnetic Rose is such a tough act to follow that the other two movies just kind of fall short and it's not their fault. They're just, you know, it's like, it's like having like the best basketball player on your rec league have to do like an exhibition after Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even like the music in Magnetic Rose. Yeah. Like, while it's very opera-y, which I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm no opera expert. Um, yeah, but it works, you know. She's the opera singer, and it like sets like almost like a. And even more like sinister sci-fi tone because she's singing in the background and you're seeing like all of this crazy shit happen. Um, yeah, just just a solid watch overall. Um, you guys, if you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's completely worth watching. It's free on Amazon Prime. Uh, completely worth like the hour and what? Like it's almost it's what hour and thirteen minutes, so almost two hours. Yeah, I think. Uh, no. No, yeah, hundred an hour, yeah, hundred thirteen minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, almost two hours doesn't feel like it though, because it's obviously no, when you, when you break all. it down into small chunks, like you can literally like stop watching after Magnetic Rose and you know do your whatever daily life you got to do, and then come back and watch the next chunk. Um, yeah, I'll definitely as far as like rewatching goes, I definitely I've already rewatched Magnetic Rose. Um, I think that mm-hmm. if I watch it again, I think Magnetic Rose will be what I what I stay for, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's just it's just but, a solid. But it, I mean, it is a solid anthology, though. Yeah. With that being that's said, high, Chris, go ahead. Where are we going to rank it? Because that's actually what I'm like. I'm actually here staring at my list, trying to figure out where I'm going to put it. Like you, you read my mind. I think that's the toughest part. Um, if you need an up, if you need your updated list, I have it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, go ahead, and, go ahead and slap me with that updated list so I can. Because uh, yeah, I definitely, this is tough. Like the more movies we do, the harder this gets because like we've watched a lot of good movies. Like the stinkers. Like I think there's like a firm line where nothing's going to be higher than that. Whew, this is tough. I say I sent you the list on Discord if you got that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually taking a scroll through it right now. Um I hmm. I think I'm gonna put this mm, for right now, I'm gonna put this right under uh, right above Grudge of Edinburgh and right under Lilycat. Right under okay okay so your new so oh I, this I got, will be my new twenty seven I say your numbers are a little skewed here I can see uh, but yeah. this should be your twenty seven yeah, yeah. yeah and like I mean Jesus Christ on here because I haven't updated the numbers <laughs> but that's all right <laughs> oh, that's all right but it's it's like the first twenty yeah because like Lily Cat then this then Grudge I think is I think that's absolutely fine and like being like if you're in like the top thirty on this list you're you're solid. Yeah, if you're above bubble, you know, you're good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, as long as you stay above bubble, you're yeah. in great shape. I've been seeing some some love for bubble uh, on the timeline and I'm I'm not I'm not supporting that at all. Bubble is great. It was an, fine. Great animation. Like it was fine. For a shitty but I'm never going to watch it again. Water story. Fucking. Oh. oh yeah, I forgot. 
It was bad. I forgot about the parkour. That movie sucked. Yeah, I think for me, I'm going to put it a little bit higher. I'm going to put it... Okay. I'm going to put it as my new number 22. I'm going to put it just just under Spriggan. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And just nice. and above my hero, I can name your heroes rising. Uh, that's pretty much my cutoff nice. from where like the men uh-huh. and the boys really. Um, now, granted, there's a couple, Absolutely. you know, Lily Cat's down there, and nothing wrong with Lily Cat. Actually, maybe my hero, I can name your heroes rising, is just too high. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Chris, am I, do I have this wrong? What's the good my hero? Uh. I have this wrong. The, the one, I have this wrong. The one with, the, with the chest puff and the like. That's uh, I, I'm wrong. two heroes. I think is the Chris. I'm 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 lying to you. I'm lying to you, Chris. This is what I'm doing. Uh-huh. I'm just lying to you. This is going to be my new number twenty-six. I had those my hero okay. movies mixed up. I okay. thought Ooh. that was World Heroes Mission, um, which this yeah, film, World Heroes Mission. This film is above World Heroes Mission, but it is not above Two Heroes. Two Heroes. The ending is way too good. Uh, the ending of all yeah. the my hero films except for the. The new one is way too good. So yep. this will be my actual new number 26. Um, I thought I had... Because Two high. Heroes is the one with the fucking the double Detroit smash and the fucking oh, all, night, all night puffing out the chest? No, or no, is that Heroes Rising? That's Heroes Rising. Well, that's right. Two Heroes is where no, wait. Akago and no, Deku... No. You had nope. it right. You had it right. Because okay. I have those... Because that's the best one. You like Heroes Rising best, I think. And I like the other one better. Yeah. Yeah, I like the one with the double Detroit smash, where, where where all my puffs the chest out is like you're fucking dead, son. You know what I mean? Like you just no, that's two, that's two heroes. That's two heroes. Yeah, that's the that's the one I like. And then Heroes Rising is the, the where Bakugo gets all for one. I mean, the yes, they're both fantastic endings. Uh, sorry if we spoiled yeah. the my hero movies, guys. Um, <laughs> but that's anytime you see the laser show, dude, you know you're in <laughs> a fucking treat. Exactly, and I think. Th- and uh, those three movies have influenced my rankings for movies so much. Like World Heroes Mission is like, this is a I don't like this movie at all. And so mm-hmm. like that's where my cutoff is for the bad movies. Um, well, they're great baselines, aren't they? Like they're just yeah. like this movie's good. This one's like it's like it's like the Bears porridge. You got one that's too hot, one that's too cold, and one that is just right. That's right. That is right. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I thought Memories was higher on my list. It will be 26, which is still in, in good company, uh, just in between yeah. Lily Cat and uh, Superhero. I think I just I think Lily Cat we just had enough time with. Like, Lily Cat got a full 90 minutes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. which I think if Memories had, it would be above Lily Cat. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I think from a full story stand, I think Magnetic Rose is a better story than Lily Cat, but we got 90 minutes of Lily Cat. And like thirty minutes of magnetic rows. Yeah, yeah. We literally got half the time. And... Yep. But I, I, like, yeah. It's magnetic a... rows might be in like my top fifteen if uh, <laughs> if, it, if it was a full length movie. Yeah, if these were divvied up, I would have mm-hmm. magnetic rows higher. But you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It's a cool anthology. I like to check out more yeah. anthologies because I see, even at the bottom of the wiki page, I see Tomo has. Neo Tokyo, Robot Carnival, and then one called Short Piece. I've never seen that one. Robot Carnival is one of my all-time favorites. I, I've actually nominated it on the show before. Yeah, it's right. uh, it's really solid. Yeah, so we'll definitely get get along to watching all three of those for sure. Looks like Neo Tokyo and Robot Carnival from '87, and then Short Pieces yep. from 2013. So, uh-huh. very interested to check out all of those, especially if there's more collaborations with. You know, all these directors and writers and all that stuff. Um, yep. Yeah, man, just a solid flick overall. Um, I no, I was happy with it. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's the big thing. Oh, man. I thought it was great. Um, and I'll, like I said, definitely going to revisit Magnetic Rose down the line. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty much going to do it for us, Chris. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering The Place Promised in Our Early Days. Uh, the 2004 film directed by Makoto Shinkai. Um, speaking of Makoto Shinkai, if you guys haven't got your tickets, get tickets to see Suzume tomorrow. Um, or, you know, soon. It comes out tomorrow. Um, we'll be covering it very soon. Uh, once we... Probably after we get back from Florida, I would say. Um, yeah. 
Unless we yeah, I think I'm going to go some, see it tomorrow. Unless we pull some crazy audible, we both go see it this weekend and we review it. Um, if yeah. so, there might be a surprise episode. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see where we'll see where the where the day takes us. Yeah, because I, I I can't be Either having way. I can't be having you go see Susan May and me not go see it, Chris. I got to go see it too. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's gonna do it for this week, guys. Um, Chris, anything else before we uh, wrap this up? No, man. I'm I am good. I'm good. I'm just ready to uh, you know ready for Florida, dude. I mentally I am already at Chili's. Chris, I've had my luggage in my room for like. Two months at this point. Like I'm just like, please. <laughs> like I just want to put my clothes in and go. <laughs> Dude, I'm just uh I'm already packed. I've got my little stick with the handkerchief like a hobo. I'm just ready to go. Well, guys, we will Chris this one week from today we'll be there. We will be there. Can't wait. And so next week we're gonna record early. Um uh, you guys will get the episode on Thursday, so nothing to worry about there. Um and that's, that's right. gonna do it for episode one forty two of Shonen and Suds. I am Cody Snodgrass. Okay. And I am Chris Adams, and as always, thanks for hanging out with us. Bye-bye.